0: do also have to validate something that sam neill said about kids (laughs) what is that they do spell what is up story geeks it's daryl so we are geeks we love geek stories we've talked about that before science fiction fantasy and comic books you know us by now so but that's why we like to break geek stories down and discuss how we might make them better because they're not all perfect some are great some are terrible that's where we come in So how could the stories that disappoint us or even the stories we love be better? That's what we're discussing today. That's right. We'd
1: like for you to join our conversation. I'm Jay, and we want to hear how you would make geek stories better. Make sure you're subscribed on our blog, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or YouTube, and leave us a comment. If you're watching live on YouTube, which is most Thursdays. We say most because sometimes we can't. We don't get there. Yeah, <laughs> <stuff> life happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so most Thursdays at 7.30 Pacific, we are live on YouTube. We just recorded a show before, this, before we recorded this podcast. So definitely want to check that out. Um, you can actually ask us questions while we're streaming, which is super cool. So click the subscribe button. Make sure that you can join us both on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of
0: course, always thank you for listening. The Story Geeks Podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Indeed it is. So, what we are talking about tonight, as we look forward to the release of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, most of us would agree that Jurassic World was not a perfect film. So, we're going to see if we can fix that. Tonight, we're going to make Jurassic World better. Sounds good to me. So, here's how we do that. We each give three ways in which we would make the story better. There's some parameters. It has to be a story idea. We cannot recast. We can't replace any crew. Story idea only. And so we'll do that. We'll go through. We'll pick our favorites. And then if you're a patron on our Patreon account, or if you would like to become a patron on our Patreon account, we will actually do an exclusive Patreon version of this podcast as well, where we will have a fourth idea, and we will break the rules. That's right. Complete anarchy. (laughs) We do anything we want. I love it. So, that one's always fun. So, before we dive in, though, we have a special guest with us tonight. And this is a special guest that we've been trying to get to for a while. So, we're excited (laughs) to have him on, finally. So, please welcome from the Story Cauldron podcast, Anthony Holder. Hey, everybody. Hey. So, Anthony, tell us a little bit about Story Cauldron. Tell us about what you're doing.
2: Yeah. So, well, at the moment, we are on a little hiatus uh, because of life things, somebody had to get married, somebody had to move across the country, somebody had to go to college, you know, small things. <laughs> yeah. But on uh, on Wednesdays, starting again probably probably beginning of July, I think is when we're aiming to come back from hiatus, uh, on Wednesdays we have uh, a show where we look at the folk tales, fables, and philosophies behind your favorite Hollywood films. That's our, our tagline. We like to look at uh, kind of like how, how you guys here on The Story Geeks break down the themes of the movie. We try to break down the history of the movie. We go back and we look at the stories that came before the the story that's in, in front of us. So we do talk about a lot of geek movies, I think, because a lot of times it's geeky movies that are more interesting. They, they're kind of playing with, with deeper roots, uh, deeper history. Uh, so we'll we'll look at something like, say... Uh, oh, well, I mean we we had uh, a whole episode on on Batman V Superman that you were on Daryl. You, yeah, you were guest that was host fun. for us. And we talked not just about kind of the the history of those characters of Batman and Superman and, and looking at the the pulp heroes that inspired. Bob Kane and, and Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and all of them. But then we also went back and looked at uh, like uh, some of, of Nietzsche's philosophy of yeah. ha- of the Apollonian and Dionysian forces in, in art. And uh, it, it's uh, it, it gets a little little odd sometimes, but <laughs> we we have some fun with it. We will talk about um, and well. Uh, yeah, like I said, not just geeky movies, we'll, we'll look at things like, uh, we did an episode on It, we did an episode on 10 Things I Hate About You, that was a fun yeah, one, I we got to talk about Shakespeare, and and yeah, we have actually uh, done an episode on Jurassic Park, um, way back towards the, the very beginning of our show, like episode four, we, we talked about Jurassic Park, and, and so I am really excited to be here to talk about uh, its its spiritual successor. Yes.
0: Well, thanks for being here, man. We're glad to have you. Um, And so, okay, really quick, speaking of the story cauldron, before we dive into making these things better, can you give us a little bit of a taste of the kind of things you would talk about on your show if you were talking about Jurassic World? So give us a little bit of the, you know, the fables and folktales and stories
2: behind Jurassic World. So Jurassic World, as I'm sure we're going to get into is very similar uh, thematically to Jurassic Park yeah and uh, so we looked at a like when we did our episode on Jurassic Park we looked at a a couple of classic pieces of literature with mad scientists creating something that goes out of control so we talked about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, we talked about Jules Verne and several of his different stories play with themes like that and uh we ended up <laughs> so we have th- we have three different hosts it's me and uh, b- uh my my background's mainly in philosophy we've bobby whose background is mainly in film studies and then we have garrett who asks Who's a there. lot of questions <laughs> yeah he's there exactly <laughs> yeah. that's his that's his <laughs> thing and he, uh he we bobby and i started using this word that he had never heard before uh hubris which is something that shows up in a lot of Greek myths. And it's this idea of pride. Um, Pride that, not, not, not just pride in some accomplishment that you deserve, but pride that is unavoidably damaging. Like hubris is never a good thing. Pride is something that maybe you can can warrant you know if you actually have succeeded if you win the olympic medal then you should be proud of that but hubris is always going to be a problem uh, because it's damaging to you and it's damaging to the people around you so we we looked at how uh in jurassic park at least you have these characters like john hammond who is just he is hubris personified he is the mad scientist trying to create life and then you have ian malcolm no expense well, you know, but that's not true. Yeah, he's, he's good at saying that. But but then you have Ian Malcolm, who is constantly trying to draw attention to the fact that, uh, that, that the whole project is just out of control and that there's no way it's going to actually work. And, and the, the filmmakers very intentionally were playing those two characters off of each other, even down to the... Uh, even down to their costumes. If you go if you go back and I, I know this is Jurassic oh, Park yeah, but black and white. Exactly. Yeah. One's dressed all in white, the other one's dressed all in black until his shirt gets ripped off. But that's, Ian Malcolm is very close to Jay's heart right now. <laughs> that's right. Because <laughs> of the gold blooming podcast on it Network nineteen oh one. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. that's that's right. Yeah. So uh so with Jurassic World, I mean it it's a lot of those same themes kind of being rehashed, but as I think we might end up talking about not as well. (laughs) Uh, uh, It it was clear that uh, they, they were wanting to uh, have kind of the same impact and and provoke a lot of the same questions. But the, the, the biggest influence on Jurassic world was simply Jurassic park. Uh, I mean, there's really not much that I could say about Jurassic world that we wouldn't say about the first movie because it's not a carbon copy, but it's uh, at, at least in terms of the I think kind of the message that they're trying to portray. It's it's almost uh, I don't well not too similar, but it's very well. similar. <laughs> <laughs> it is
0: very similar. So why don't we jump in and see if we can bring it up to the par of Jurassic Park. Let's make it better. Let's, Let's make it better. Yeah, I'm excited. By the way, before before we do make it better, I do have to I
1: do have to do a call out to the Story Cauldron because I do feel like it's a really good podcast to listen to in conjunction with the Story Geeks podcast. Yeah. Because you can get kind of like all the background on where you the get story the whole came story. from. Yeah. And then you really <laughs> dig deeper into that particular story. Um, and as a special call out, we just did our live show. Uh, so this is, uh, May 17th, which you're probably listening to this in June, <laughs> yeah. but this is May 17th and our live show for May 17th was try and stump Jay
0: on Indiana Jones trivia. Which as it turns out is not incredibly difficult. <laughs> well, with, well, when you ask
2: ridiculous questions, it is not. What was the seventh word on the fourth page of Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> Daryl Daryl goes
1: Daryl goes, I go, I don't really know that much about the non story part parts of this thing. He's like, Oh, most of my questions are non-story. Yeah, they I'm totally like, were. great. <laughs> His first question was, What's the age difference between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Anyways, the reason I say that is because I got to guest star on the the Story Cauldron podcast about the Indiana Jones trilogy. That was so much fun, man. That was so fun. I had a blast. And
2: I I I didn't tell you this, but uh, we talked a long time when you were on uh, about the... The biblical themes that it plays with since, oh, yeah. you know, they find the, the the Ark of the Covenant and they're talking about Jesus's crucifixion with the Holy Grail. Um, like a, a day or two after after we recorded that podcast, we were actually talking about the Ark of the Covenant in my uh, theology class that I teach for high school students. And we ended up, um, I, I ended up kind of using our conversation to uh, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> make, the, make the class a little a little better. It, it really was, was pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. So. Okay,
0: well, let's dive in here. Um, Anthony, why don't you kick us off? So why don't
2: you give us the first way that you would make Jurassic World better? So when, <laughs> when you uh, sent me the email, uh, kind of laying out what we were going to do, yeah. Uh, there was one thing that... I don't even think I'd finished the email before this had popped into my head because <laughs> th- this one was... E- now, Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time. What what you... Oh, really? What okay. I, I I would say that that is pr- a pretty safe thing for me to say. Okay. Um, and so I, I was f- excited to no end for Jurassic World. And I, I did get choked up when I went to see Jurassic World. But I absolutely hated the romantic storyline. Uh, mm. the, the idea that they tried to force a love connection between those, those two lead characters between, um, Deer, uh, between Claire and Owen seemed absolutely unnecessary and it didn't serve. I don't think it served the plot of the movie at all. I mean, one of the things that I love about Jurassic Park is that they that's completely absent From it, there is no romantic storyline. Like Malcolm tries to hit on Ellie a couple of times, and she just constantly (laughs) rebuffs him in in really hilarious ways. Uh, And so, I I think that uh, that there, I can't think of a single reason why that needed to be in the movie. I mean, you already have Owen on the island. It's already his job to deal with this problem. So you don't need her there to, to be any kind of romantic um, pursuit for him to come in, and try to help because he's that's literally what he's paid to do and whether you're romantically inclined towards someone or not I'd like to think that you would not want them to get eaten by dinosaurs so it's not like <laughs> it's not like you need that to motivate him to action either uh, so I know am i Am I alone in this? No. No,
0: actually, I'll I'll go ahead and jump in now because this is pretty much mine, too. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I think it's bad. I I took it a little bit farther and actually I came up with maybe a better way that they could be connected. Oh, okay. What I would hope is a better way. Because I agree, the fact that they just have this, they dated once and now they're awkwardly put back together is just weak and shallow and not good. So I said what if instead of that what if Claire actually used to work with Owen in his work with the Raptors and she was sort of in that Uh scientific realm with him Hmm. but then they had a falling out and she sold out and took a corporate job for more money Hmm. and a higher profile and now that all this crap is happening and and the, the shit is hitting the fan she is sort of rediscovering who she used to be by pairing back up with Owen and Trying to save everybody. Mm, I like that. I would agree with both those.
1: It's, it's not. It's not on my list, but I, I think that that would would be. I think you're right, Anthony. Like it's just like a. It feels so forced. It feels forced in the in the way that like a 1930s movie would have forced it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah. <laughs> these are society's
2: constructs that we must live into because it's a movie. Uh, so yeah, no. That's, that's and you right. know it's not going to last either, right? Uh, yeah. Like at the end of the movie when they're looking into each other's eyes or when they kiss or, or whatever in the, in that, in the hangar. Uh Oh, it's the worst uh, part of the whole movie. <laughs> it, it feels like, it feels like two people who are about to say goodbye at summer camp. They're like, they, they had this really intense experience. And so they're, they're feeling emotionally connected uh, because who wouldn't after everything that had just happened to them in the movie. Mm. But, Ha- that's definitely not the kind of thing that you can build a lasting relationship on. So I will be really surprised to see in fallen kingdom, if they're actually together or if they've somehow fallen, you know, they're, they've broken up in between the two movies. And then this movie is them coming back together.
0: Yeah. Because we do have the, the iconic bit of wisdom from Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves that, relationships based on extreme circumstances never last. That's that's (laughs) That's right. Uh, And the follow-up line
1: is,
2: then we'll have to base it on sex then. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Keanu. Yeah, That's (laughs) that's a great line. You know what else I like about your idea, though, Daryl, is that it actually – and I didn't have this on my list, but I almost did, but I thought it was too similar to my first point, so I I just Mm -hmm. left it off. But that makes – that makes Claire's character more much more interesting too because yeah, more relatable. She's she's not exactly a damsel in distress, but she's about as close as you can get to being a damsel in distress while yeah. also letting her be the um the one who saves the day at the end, well kind of with getting the T-Rex. Yeah. But like one of one of the really um well, it's it's kind of annoying, but you remember when they uh when Owen and Claire get lost in the park and she like makes a big deal about ripping her sleeves off and like rolling them up and, yeah. no, I'm going to go out there with you too. If you look at her costume, like what, what that character is wearing in that moment, and if you go back and look at what Ellie Sattler was wearing in Jurassic Park, it's it's obvious that they were trying to channel hmm. that older character with the newer one, but they're Mm. so completely different. I mean, Ellie Sattler's this, this strong, independent, intelligent person who is there because she serves a valuable, you know, uh, she's a valuable piece of the team. Yeah. And Claire is literally in the way for almost the entire movie. (laughs) So yeah, I love the idea of, of actually giving her some expertise beyond calling Verizon wireless or whatever her job was. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what was yeah. her job anyway like her job was just to get get people to advertise for in the yeah, park or something? marketing or something i don't know
1: well she's actually she actually seems to be the head of operations now i don't know why she's so involved in the marketing conversations but she is overseeing uh for example the uh what's the guy's name uh it's not joshua jackson it's like a, it's like a Lowry. yeah
2: yeah 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 so that, that, that guy's character the guy with the t-shirt is- yeah yeah, Because yeah.
1: because uh, he, and he's a fantastic addition to that cast, but yeah. she's overseeing all of those characters yeah. as well. Wow. So she's sort of like second in command to the president, right. who's the helicopter
0: pilot. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your first <laughs> wage?
1: Yeah. So my, okay. So here's my. So I've ranked order them. So this is my third. Th- the the what is it called? The, 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 not my number one. Yeah. But it's the third. This one. is your second runner. And I have to say, <laughs> in advance of me saying this, that uh, I l- enjoy this movie. But if you said to me, is it a good movie? I would say no. So when I'm making this better, I'm going to do some pretty drastic things. (laughs) All right. I, I apologize in advance if you love the movie. I'm not trying to ruin it for you. This is just for me what I would change to make it better. Uh, The first thing I would do is I would eliminate the genetically engineered hybrid Indominus Rex. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Mm. this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) we have, it's so dumb. We have, we have, we, okay, so we have these amazing creatures that we have literally brought back to life. Jurassic Park brought us that. That's a fantastic idea. Then to say, like, well, what, how can we make this even bigger and crazier? Let's blend them all together into Super (laughs) Dino. Oh, that's terrible. Um, So I I also think that what they're trying to do here, they're trying to play with this greedy corporations or bad plot, and I think that's fine. But we've seen that a lot. Um, In fact, like kind of like you were saying, uh, Anthony, that's also a part of what Jurassic Park, the original film, was.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: What should we do about these things? So I think it would be more interesting. to showcase the inherent issues with combining humans and animals. Uh, So I would align the central theme more so to should we have zoos or should we have animals in amusement parks, I would align towards more towards that theme and play off of the Blackfish documentary. Mm -hmm. about what do we do when we when we put things in captivity. Yeah. Yeah. So to make it better, I would say that it's not you've created this genetically new hybrid dinosaur, which is crazy town, I would say dinosaurs are starting to evolve in this park, and we're seeing increasingly odd patterns of behavior. It's as if they're beginning to understand they're in captivity, and they're starting to rebel. That to me would be a far more fascinating premise.
0: To base this film off of, yeah. So that's my number three. I like it. Sort of a Mm. Planet
2: of the Dinosaurs approach instead of Planet (laughs) of the Apes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I like it. I and that would have. uh, Now I know a lot of people try to forget Jurassic Park three. Oh yeah. But you know that one of the things that they were um, that they kind of built towards by the end was that the raptors were somewhat intelligent yeah like Mm. they they i don't know if you remember how that movie ends it's kind of ridiculous where um where grant uses a raptor skull like a flute to communicate with the raptors like he blows through it to talk to them i forgot about that oh my gosh yeah i mean it's stupid but but like your idea that the that the dinosaurs are starting to understand things um, they could have. They had They had some seeds in the franchise that they could have developed in that direction.
1: Yeah, it would, it would, it would set up a very different film, um, but I'll get more into that as we go into my number two and number one, too. I, I do
2: think, though, that you're right, that the Indominus Rex idea is ridiculous, but I do think that was kind of the point yes. of the movie. That, uh, like, the, the shot that... Uh, well, one shot that I thought was just amazing was when they were feeding the T-Rex towards the beginning and there's the kid who just, like, ignores it and looks at his phone. <laughs> uh, like, because it's, yeah. oh, it's just a T-Rex, like, who cares? Uh, and so if that's the problem, then the evil, greedy corporation, you know, they're going to have to try and do something to grab the attention of the people again. And I think that the, the idea that people are growing numb to amazing things. I mean, you've got dinosaurs. That's mind-boggling. That should capture your attention until you die, and they're just growing numb to it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's an interesting idea, but, yeah, they, they come up with possibly the worst possible solution to that problem. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what's your number two way, Anthony? Uh. So <sighs> my this is just kind of a a general criticism of another kind of cheap plot device that I think they rely on, which is uh, technology is amazing until it isn't like they can, they do so many amazing things. I mean, again, they're not, not only bringing dinosaurs back to life, but inventing new dinosaurs, but then they can't get their cell phones to work. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like she's trying to call the kids when they're out in that bubble and the, the the line just isn't going through. Like, I don't... Yes, I understand that you need to create some reason why the kids are separated from everybody else. But, I mean, they could have just had him forget his phone somewhere or have it, you know, drop it earlier on so that it cracks. Or, I mean, if, if it's really hard to believe that such a an amazing technological wonder place like like this Jurassic World has fences that are unreliable or has you know, <laughs> has cell phones especially especially after what happened with the first park you would think that they that half of their budget would be towards making sure that what hap- what brought the first park down would not happen again but what do you know their fences don't work again. <laughs> it's so true Yeah. So (laughs) that and that's kind of a that's kind of a problem, I think, that that people are that, that writers are having to deal with now when they're writing stories Um, Have you ever gone back and watched like an old episode of friends or Seinfeld or, or Frazier or something and thought, you know, if these people had cell phones, we would not have this episode. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) And
0: the internet alone has made storytelling so much more
2: difficult. And, and, and it's almost like they, I I don't know if again, Jurassic world is, they were just trying to be Jurassic park too much, but they're, they're, They have this technology, this this cell phone, and they have to come up with some reason that it doesn't work, and it's just not believable at all. Yep, I agree with that. That's a great point. For sure. Okay, so my
0: second one is uh, similar to your first one, Jay. Okay. Um, But I – okay, so the Indominus Rex. Yeah. um, I don't necessarily mind that being the big thing, but – I think they need to pick a reason why it's there. So is it just because they need a bigger battered dinosaur for the park or is it because of this behind the scenes conspiracy thing with, I forget the doctor's name, the doctor from the original Jurassic Park. Woo. Woo, yes, Dr. Woo. Yeah. So you get a little of that, but it's not enough and it's, it's wishy-washy and it's confusing. So I tend to like the conspiracy approach better so my number two would basically just be give us more of that. Give us mm. more story for the real nefarious reasons behind creating the Indominus Rex ah. and rename it. Yeah. A stupid name. They, at, <laughs> but least they I, call they, at least out. they called that out. At least yeah. they called that out, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's my number two is give us more conspiracy, which I'm guessing we'll get in the next movie, but... I dig that.
2: Yeah. Do you think it's, it's uh, a cheap shot when... Uh, when a, when a writer does that, when they, when they clearly, they set that up because they knew that they were going to have more, because I think, weren't the sequels green lit before the movie was even released just based on the, hype Yeah, alone. I'm sure they were. So I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I always kind of cringe a little bit when you, when you can see, well, they clearly just put that in because they're going to bring it up in the next one.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does bug me a little bit. It depends on how they do it. Like,
1: Marvel's king at it right like the MCU yeah. like every time they reference something you're like can't wait to see that you know but yeah th- I think it is usually a cheap shot you have to know that there's a bigger franchise that these are all woven together for a reason that makes sense well
0: and there's varying degrees like you can do a little illusion yeah which is cool and builds anticipation And then you can do Age of Ultron where you have this whole B-side story of (laughs) Thor investigating this vision he had that won't pay off for another five years. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. But I will say for me, I I actually really enjoyed Jurassic World because it gave me what I wanted most, which was I wanted to feel like I felt when I saw Jurassic Park. Hmm. I wanted that excitement and that kind of childhood adventure that Spielberg gave us. And I feel
2: like that was captured well. Mm. 100% agree. Yeah. Yes.
1: All right. So, my number two is. So, basically, the, my number three and my number two are mostly me trying to solve the biggest annoyances I have in the film. So, this is me being far too negative. I just want to say that up front. <laughs> but I cannot stand the paramilitary elements of this film. <laughs> oh. It's so this is the next dumbest thing ever like oh, hey you know what we should do weaponize dinosaurs like what? <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense like 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 you we have we're living in a world with like nuclear capability. We are living in a world where we can like we have there there's there was I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about a guy with a 50 caliber rifle that was trying to shoot a deer and missed the deer and killed it because of how <laughs> powerful the bullet was going by it. Oh my right. God. And so, you, so you're, I'm thinking like, and you, what are you gonna do? Is you just put some Raptors in the field? Like, come on, give me a break. That's ridiculous. So I just, i really, uh, now I do think the Indominus Rex solves that problem. Cause you make a dinosaur that's like so invincible that like nothing can kill it. That's interesting to me, but I still think that that's dumb. So paramilitary is gone instead. What I would do is again, keeping in line with some of the stuff I talked about in my third uh, choice is that there's a group of uh, protesters um, led by like an upstanding person who's really trying to do good. um, And they want Jurassic World to close its doors. And and we know behind the scenes what's happening is these these dinosaurs are getting smarter, right, more intelligent. Um, But within that group is a group of extremists who will actually just want to release the dinosaurs, cause mayhem and bring down the park altogether. And they're the impetus for the dinosaur mayhem that would occur uh, later in the film. It's like Dino <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Dino Pita. <laughs> that could be the name of the movie. <laughs> well, then no one's going to see it. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Fair enough.
2: Yeah. What uh, did they ever give an explanation for having the raptors in the park other than the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio? wanted to sell them I mean cuz they're not part of the tour right I don't know The tra- I don't even know why they're trying to quote-unquote train them and they have all of that equipment where they, like they shove their heads into the to the, tu- the feeding tubes like those aren't on display yeah. right
0: yeah
1: and, the, and those seem like it's just, just a, such a terrible way of housing a completely dangerous creature I like, wish we yeah. do this thing make it
2: miserable that's a good idea. <laughs> oh man, I I will yeah. say though, uh, since you're talking about shooting things with a 50 cal, yeah, uh, the scene <laughs> where the where the dino or where the where the raptor like pops his head up and then gets hit with a rocket made me laugh <laughs> really hard. <laughs> like, like right after the Dino, when when the raptors like switch sides, uh, <laughs> right. and then one just gets hit with a rocket was I don't it was almost like a uh, like a like a ridiculous silent movie kind of joke. like, <laughs> oh, well, that's I, I guess that happened now. <laughs>
1: so in a very similar moment in Jay Shear's brain, there's the scene where the Titanic has, has shifted, and now the Titanic is, is like the, the propellers are out of the ground. <laughs> and, and then the a guy, rocket blows off Leo no, no, DiCaprio's no. head. One of the people no, no. falls off falls and in. hits his head yeah. on the propeller. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. hilarious. <laughs> yep. I, I, it is, if, or of course, if it was real people and not CG and something like that, would be absolutely horrendous. <laughs>
2: But since you know it is, it's like why. Yeah, you know someone that? just put that in there because they thought they you know, this would be funny. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Like this guy's life is as bad as it's gonna be yeah.
2: <laughs> his head gets hit by the propeller. Oh, it's bad. Someone had to had to select from a library of sound effects what his what noise his body would make when he hits the propeller. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly like exactly right. Uh, yeah.
0: and that movie gets to be one of the most successful movies of all time. Oh, I <sighs> know. Thank you, James Cameron, for lowering the bar. Yeah, and then Avatar <laughs>
1: follows it, and it's Ugh. equally terrible. Well, actually, I like uh, I actually More liked, terrible. I was gonna say more terrible. I actually liked Titanic better than I liked Avatar. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've
2: talked about doing an episode of Avatar on on the Story Cauldron, and not we're, just because we said, well, you know, it's a big movie, and, and none of us really care enough about it to do anything with it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be that hard. To talk about the last of the Mohicans and, and what, but still, like, right. it's, it's with Wolves, yeah, yeah. I, but nobody cares. Yeah. Pocahontas. Get, the Pocahontas.
1: List goes on. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, let's do a midpoint break, real quick. A couple of weeks back, we posted our top 10 geek TV shows, which is pretty awesome. Yes. That we had a lot of fun doing that with Freddie. Um, we've also had several make it betters earlier this year that you can check out. Almost all of them with Justin Weaver. <laughs> That's right. Justin <laughs> Weaver has been on all of those podcasts. Uh, we have coming up, we actually have a Raylo episode. Um, we also have an episode on Captain America's character journey. We do. With a very special guest. And then, uh, also we have a live show that we're doing most Thursdays. So be sure and check us out. Uh, 7 PM. Pacific Standard Time. I should say Pacific Time because sometimes it's Daylight Savings Time. That's true. But um, yeah, you can uh, hang out with us on there. Comment live. We'll respond to your comments. So it's always a cool way to hang out with us as well.
0: Yes, and we mentioned Patreon earlier. Patreon is something that we would greatly appreciate it if you guys would consider um, consider checking out what we've done on there. We've got a lot of exclusive content. Lots of cool topics and cool guests and stuff that you can't hear other than being a patreon subscriber so for just as low as three bucks a month that's right less than the price of a comic book Mm -hmm. especially a dc comic book because they just (laughs) raised all their prices yeah (laughs) less than the price of a cup of coffee yeah if you live out here less than the price of a gallon of gas i don't know if that's true for you anthony yeah uh
2: yes actually technically Nice, yes.
1: see, yep. Mm-hmm. That's all you gotta do, and you'll hear uh, additional content. So we not only do we love the fact that people support us, but we actually give back. So the way we do that is by providing additional content that is exclusive to Patreon supporters. And Anthony's going to join us because we're going to have our fourth way of making this, this movie better. That will with be, no rules, no rules,
0: special Patreon only release, which is cool. So if you want to hear us completely butcher Jurassic World, even worse than we are now. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is I, 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 you know, just as we transition back in, it's so funny because like I actually enjoyed this film. It's an enjoyable, fun film. I love watching it. It's super fun. It's
0: just, it's just not that good, though.
1: You know what I mean? Like
0: it's it's one thing to say a film is good. It's another thing to say I enjoyed it. Those are two very different comments. Yeah, I mean it's not. Quite the same as like watching a Fast and Furious film, which is 100% <laughs> stupid, but for some reason just mm-hmm. totally addicting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that crazy, but.
1: It's also not fair because of, like Anthony talked about in the beginning of the show, the, the legacy it's dealing with is ridiculous. It's Anthony's favorite film. I think it's in, I don't know if it's in your top 10, it's in my top 10. Jurassic World? No, no, no. Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic Park. Because it's following. Uh, my point it's is, it's in my it's top ten Jurassic sci-fi Park. films for sure.
0: Yeah, because it's so good. Yeah. So it's hard to live up to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, but there's a lot of fun moments. I mean, the dinosaur battle at the end of the movie, I think, is really great. And yeah, I love the use of the T Rex and bringing back the same T Rex.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. So okay, we're getting too positive here. Let's go back to being negative. <laughs> <laughs> So, Anthony, what is your number one way that you would fix Jurassic World and make it better?
2: Well, I guess I did mine backwards. My number one way was the first one I said, so I mm-hmm. should have said sure. this one last. Um, because this, this last one is, is really specific, uh, and it, it, there's somebody who dies in the movie for no reason. Uh, the, the personal assistant... Oh, yeah. So brutal. It's (laughs) It's like the worst day. I know. There is, uh, yeah, the fact that she died in the way that she died, it's ridiculous and and gratuitous. Like, uh, uh, Colin uh, Trevorrow gave an interview, like, he's really proud that he killed her. Uh, Because up until her death, no female character had died in a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. Which... Okay, i I don't think that makes you a feminist yeah. to create a character just so you can kill her in a grou- gruesome way. Uh, and yeah, it was surprisingly. I it's mean, more for a like movie, progressive misogyny but, than anything, isn't it? Though, yeah, like that is not. So I was, uh, I I was. Uh, kind of taken aback at that that moment i mean not not like oh i'm gonna walk out of this movie now but at the same time i just thought if you're looking for things to just remove and uh, like that's a a very easy one uh to pick um because i think uh, most of the deaths with possibly the exception of um oh and i just oh uh, arnold ray arnold uh Samuel L Jackson's character in mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um possibly the, his, his, him being an exception with his arm falling out. Like for the most part the deaths are I mean pretty sensible. Like they they make sense within the context of the uh, of the movie. Um yeah, like even when when the lawyer is on the toilet and he gets you know eaten by the by the T-Rex, you're still hmm. thinking, "Oh yeah, I mean that's that's that that fits. I, I get that." I would have uh, killed the lawyer too, <laughs> yeah. and and it, the way that he dies is—I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's believable. But it it seemed like they had like a, a thirty-minute rap session on. Oh, and we can do this to kill her, and we'll like bring her up this way, and then pull her <laughs> apart. And it's it's just it's just stupid for Especially a movie. Especially for that, a
1: character that's not that offensive.
2: Well, like yeah, that, like she's so innocent, right? Yes,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> I will actually say that throughout the entire Jurassic franchise, even the first one, even Jurassic Park, the deaths don't mean a whole lot to me. Like the mm. suspense and the death of characters is just not a big deal to me mm. in Jurassic Park. It's more about the spectacle of the dinosaurs and how they weave that in and mm. stuff
2: like that. I think the only one that ever really unsettled me was uh, Nedri's death. Because they play it up so much with It like was the, creepy. Yeah, it was creepy, exactly. And I was like seven years old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think if they would have like killed Ellie or something like that in Jurassic oh, Park, man. that would have that would have been more heart wrenching. No, yeah.
2: and that would have been uh like if um if they had brought her character back, like if she was a consultant in the park or something, and if she was the one that had been taking care of the kids, and, and if she was the one who had died uh, in that way, then then that would have uh, been still overly gratuitous, but it would have mattered more to the, to the story. Yeah.
0: It's almost like it sticks to kind of the old 80s horror movie trope where the only ones that die are the ones that are doing something bad. you know? Oh, yeah. All the good people survive. That's true. True. Um, okay, so my second one, first or third, one. third, 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 whatever. My <laughs> last one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, might sound a little bit harsh, Okay, but I feel very strongly about this. And when we started talking about doing this episode, this yeah. was the first thing I thought of yeah. right off the bat. No freaking kids. Eliminate (laughs) the kids from the movie. Oh. They get eaten, you mean? (laughs) No, just don't have them in there at all. Okay. Every one of these movies has kids. Yeah. The first movie, it made perfect sense. It was wonderful. Yes. It was great. And even in The Lost World, I can roll with it because it was Malcolm's daughter and they changed it a little bit. They made her older, a little bit more capable. That was cool. Yeah. But in Jurassic Park 3, it was terrible. And in this, it's like a carbon copy of the first movie. Yeah. And I'm like, find another way to have high stakes and mm-hmm. to make things relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop putting kids in. Interesting. Not that I have a problem with having kids in the story, but it's just, it's so, like, it's such a trope and it's just not. Well, and it's creative. used in
1: a super tropey way, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kids in danger. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't <laughs> exactly. terrifying. Yeah. And it was just so reminiscent of the first one and i just find Even it, to find how the kid way. looked uh, yeah the,
2: the i mean the actor looked really similar to the the guy who played the the boy in the first one yeah totally and yeah I, I agree with you completely it, it, that i, I think it, if you didn't have them in there it would have made it would have been harder for them to shoehorn in the little trip to the old part of the park and so you lose all of the literal. You literally lose the the, or or you lose the literal nostalgia goggles that they that they pick up because remember he picks up the like the night vision goggles. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and looks at him from the first one. Uh, it would have been difficult for them to work that whole little field trip into memory lane into the story without those kids getting lost but mm. there's other ways they could have done it <laughs> they I mean, could have oh uh, yeah they, bring like they really a, wanted to
0: bring like a jurassic park fanboy in you know like make fun of fanboys a little bit yeah, you know yeah. oh yeah back to geek like even that other guy the yeah, guy the that's guy in the control the room put him in yeah. danger yeah yeah, 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 you know? yeah exactly, exactly colin trevorrow's boy you know he was <laughs> he was in what was the what was the movie that Colin Trevorrow made that got him so famous? Was it? He was in uh, that. Yeah, he was in that. He was. Yeah, I don't the think one he was with um Aubrey Plaza. S- yeah, Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, he safety was in
2: not it. Not guaranteed. He's okay, not I'm,
0: the main guy. Let's put it that way. He's different. no. Oh, he's yeah, not, he's not the one that may or may not have the mystical. The, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah right, no, he's right. one okay. of the friends. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That was a good movie, by the way. I was. Now I'm going to IMDb to look it up just because I.
1: Okay, well, while you do that, I will say this. I don't want this. to be wrong and stupid. Mine might make you really mad. My Jake top, Johnson, he's there. Jake okay. Johnson, there it is. Um, mine might make you really angry then. What, my, my more l- kids? <laughs> kind of. Okay, make so, them all kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone's a kid. Um, no, no, no. So so here's my, here's my number one. Um, you'll notice that I don't like the ridiculous aspects of this film because Jurassic Park did such an amazing job of showing you what it was like to feel like a real human being who was seeing real dinosaurs. And it was the first time we ever saw anything like real dinosaurs on screen. Yeah. So I love that, I love capturing that that feeling. So you'll notice that like get rid of the Indominus Rex because that's a fake thing, first of all. Secondly, get rid of the paramilitary stuff because that's something that none of us understand to begin with, right? Do you pretty much just want a straight up rom
2: com with with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard? <laughs> no, because I no. agree with you guys that the, the romance is terrible. No, no, this It'd is have my to thinking. be Chris Pratt and Blue. Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's exactly right. Um, no, no, no. I don't like the perspective of the film. It's too big and it's too broad. This is they're making a blockbuster, and they know that they're making a blockbuster. Yeah. Um, I would rather have a film that focused on a vacationing family inside the park. And I think it's totally cool if they focus on a family where the parents are considering a divorce like these parents were um, to the to the uh, to some of Anthony's com- comments about the way that female characters are treated. I do think it's very odd that we're seeing two boys. I would have much rather seen two girls. Um, I don't know why they had to be boys, honestly, didn't make any sense. Anyways, that's an, that's an aside, but I would love to follow the family drama and I would even be cool with sort of a hybrid found footage type of a film where this is a monster movie that we could experience because we've been to Disney world, we've been to Disneyland. We know what it's like to be there to experience some kind of crazy, uh, larger than life event and have these dinosaurs escape. I mean, just I'm just imagining a scene where, you know, they're on this ride and then the ride breaks down and then the family is trapped in the dark. And then all of a sudden you start to hear the dinosaurs getting upset in the theater around you You can imagine hearing the sounds in the theater all around you as the dinosaurs start to get upset. Um, and now this family's got to escape, right? And they're, they're going to go from ride to like ride to building to ride and we're seeing this thing that we've created, that we've infringed upon this dinosaur land, we've encapsulated these dinosaurs, kind of like blackfish, should we do that? And then these things escape. And now we're stuck in the middle of that. But as, as us, None of us, none of us, well, not that I'm aware of are in, in command of a paramilitary organization. Uh, we're not <laughs> training Raptors. We don't own, we don't run and operate. <laughs> it's a giant theme park. No, so it's not so as hard as to, know. and that's far as I know. So it's so hard to relate to all of those things. So I would like to see sort of a, a focus on a small story of a family vacationing in this park and everything goes awry as opposed to watching the big corporation screw it up again.
0: With a reveal at the end that it takes place in the Cloverfield universe. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down
1: for that, too. Yeah, we could have, uh, we could have uh, who am I trying to think of that directed all those things? The Matt directed, Reeves.
0: What? Matt Reeves directed Cloverfield. Yeah,
1: exactly. Matt Reeves. We have Matt Reeves directed. See, I'm down for that. That sounds like a great film. This is
0: just popcorn film. That's fine. That right there is a way to make any film better. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not any film, but a lot of them. That's true. That's true.
2: Making it found footage?
0: No, having Matt Reeves direct it.
2: Oh, excellent. Yeah. 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 Okay, I so let's... I, oh, no, go ahead. Had, I had in my notes, uh, I actually wrote down something about the divorce uh, and how it, it made no sense. For it to yeah. be like, there was no reason that that was even mentioned. Again, it was just some stupid excuse to get the kids in the park. But even that was dumb. Like, oh, we're getting a divorce, so let's send our kids on a vacation. <laughs> like, th- yeah. like, who does that? Yeah. But I, I love that idea. That would and give... really
0: distracting casting, by the way. I mean, I know we're oh, not talking yeah. about that, but Judy Greer for no. Reason whatsoever, and then the guy that was the boss on the office. It's I like, just, it's I, so I love weird. It.
2: I like thinking that, that that Jurassic World is how the Arrested Development and Office, yeah. uh, shows come together. Yeah, uh, I like that too. But any, anyway, yeah, I love that idea. Uh, if if Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, if this franchise starts doing what uh, what the Star Wars movies are doing, then then uh, I don't know what it would be called, but but this idea would be like Solo or Rogue One. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, I think movies are blockbusters
1: are fine. And I, and I, and I, again, I like this film, but if we're really going to truly make great films and the reason why Jurassic Park accomplishes both feats, it is a blockbuster and it is an amazing film is because it has a compelling story in the middle of it. The premise is interesting. The characters are interesting. The journeys they go on are interesting. Everything is set up appropriately. So when they say like, when they say at the beginning of the film that of Jurassic Park, when they say that uh, Sam Neill's character doesn't want kids, and then he's shoved into situations where he's forced to take care of kids, that is him changing as a human being. It's interesting. Um, and As we see like uh, a park owner who's trying to push the envelope on these things and then watches that park crumble in front of his face because he's overstepping his bounds with genetic engineering. Um, It is so compelling and then they just happen to throw in dinosaurs, you know, like all that stuff is so good. And this is just like, like, I I feel like it's almost like, um, what would you say? Like, uh, like put a quarter in the jukebox. What motivation does this character have? (laughs) Oh, they're getting divorced. Great. Now we've got a good reason for this kid to cry.
0: You know, it's like, it just seems so forced. Everything is so forced. I do also have to validate something that Sam Neill said about kids. (laughs) What is that? They do smell. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. They do. That's very true. Yes. Okay, so let's do a quick recap here of what our three are, and then we're going to go ahead and pick our favorites. So, Anthony, give us a quick summary of your three approaches to making the movie better.
2: Yeah, I'll do them in in the right order this time. I'll say the... uh, uh, either changing the character of the assistant or just removing her death in in some way or gratuitous death. Uh, number two was playing the cheap technology is failing for no apparent reason trope out in ways that were just kind of lazy. And then number three is, uh, removing the absolutely pointless romantic storyline between Claire and Owen. Mm.
0: There you go. Mine are, um, Again, remove the romance between Claire and Owen, but give us some more behind it. So maybe they worked together previously and she sold out and took a corporate job, all that stuff. Um, give us more of the conspiracy behind creating the Indominus Rex. And then uh, remove the kids from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> your, your third <laughs> one is sponsored mean. by a <laughs> Sam Neill's character. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Alan Grand approach to filmmaking. <laughs>
1: All right, so mine were uh, eliminate the uh, Indominus Rex entirely and focus instead on dinosaurs that are beginning to evolve mm-hmm. and get smarter. Um, two, my number two was to eliminate the paramilitary story elements and make it more about uh, a group of protesters who want to release the dinosaurs um, and in- increase the mayhem that's going to occur. And then my number one is to change the entire perspective of the film and make it more about a family experiencing Jurassic World and then have this these I mean ideally have these protesters <laughs> release the dinosaurs and then they have to deal with that. Yeah. Um so yeah, those are their those are my three.
0: Okay. So, Anthony, what is your favorite way of making this movie better between mine and Jay's? You can pick uh, one from amongst the six.
2: From amongst the six? Uh I, I, I like how uh, you had the, the same idea as, as me, but better. Yeah, I, <laughs> make, making your, your uh, the, the idea to make Claire's character uh, valuable and uh, give her a different motivation for being in the park in the first place and having a relationship with Owen. Yeah, I think that that's um, clever, r- really clever. That, that would have been much more interesting. And it would solve some of those issues we were talking about with, female representation in the movie too
0: cool nice i'm gonna let you decide yours next because i'm still you still trying to figure am on the fence i'm still thinking the, one of the unique things about this is that i feel like
1: every single choice that we've all said could all be done <laughs> to the movie like literally almost every single one of them could yeah. be changed um i am gonna pick actually the romance as well because i think uh uh you know, I think that Chris Pratt plays a great Star Lord. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic Star Lord. I think he plays a phenomenal Andy. I don't think however, he's really the heartthrob because it doesn't it's he, he has to he's forced to act. The other two characters is just kind of who Chris Pratt is. Yeah, this character. He's forced to be something that I don't think he's comfortable being. Um, And I'm not sure that Bryce Dallas Howard is comfortable being what her character is either. Yeah. And it just makes for two very awkward performances. And this movie is sort of reliant upon those performances because, you know, you could have called this King Kong and had her be the the damsel in distress and him be, you know, some kind of idiot that has a saver and you kind of would have had that. And so we're all, I think we're all thinking, yeah, but we're too, we're too sophisticated as moviegoers to see that film. So let's just get rid of that all together.
0: Let's just get rid of those two characters. So you're going with the romance. Yeah. Cool. I'm actually, I'm going to go Anthony with your comment about killing off the assistant Um, because I think it speaks to a larger problem that I see with the movie where they the death just doesn't matter Hmm. I feel like they don't make us care about the characters enough to care when they die so I sort of I see a synergy there
2: yeah it makes me think of what uh, what you were saying um, earlier a Jay about just kind of picking motivations for the characters at random It's like the the writers don't care about the characters, so why not just kill them? Who cares? Nobody cares.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, I think that the you said it. Well, Anthony, I mean, the deaths in Jurassic Park. Feel natural and feel like a byproduct of having dinosaurs in a park, <laughs> right? Like, <Yeah. laughs> like they they is go. You go. Oh yeah, that that seems like it would happen. You know, the the deaths in this film seem like. What if we kill? What if someone gets eaten by a dinosaur? You know, like, yeah. and you're just kind of like, ah, oh, but that just doesn't feel quite right. You know, like it just. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Like the pterodactyls picking people up and throwing them across the, <laughs> the ground. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It reminds
2: me of the kind of games that I would play as as a seven year old after watching Jurassic Park (laughs) with my friends. That's right, and and I wonder maybe if that's that's not kind of part of the problem because I'm sure that uh, Colin Trevorrow grew up watching this movie too or watching Jurassic Park, and maybe he allowed that to influence this a little too much. Yeah, I think (laughs) you might be right. (laughs)
0: Yep. Okay. So. We've landed on No Romance, Make That
2: Better, and Make Death Matter. Yeah.
0: Man, I, I like think it.
2: you could probably make a lot of movies better with just those two <laughs> things. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> That's I know a, we've talked about Make Death Matter a lot of times before. We talked about it with Logan. We've talked about it with other shows, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Infinity War, anyone?
0: <laughs> no comments. Nobody died. Uh. Nobody, come on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, guys, st- we'll say it one more time. Consider going and subscribing on Patreon because we're about to move into our rule-breaking fourth way that we would make Jurassic Park better, and it's going to be fun to listen to. Um, but in the meantime, Anthony, thank you for joining us for this, man.
2: Oh, I'm... I'm so happy to be here. This is uh, this is fun. I I will say it's weird to hear you guys talking. I mean, I know I've, we've had conversations before, but <laughs> when I listen to podcasts, I tend to listen to them sped up, uh, almost almost twice as fast as they are normally. So. To hear you guys speaking like normal human beings is actually kind of unsettling. (laughs) That's that's right. We usually have
0: chipmunk-like voices. (laughs) (laughs) It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. It's nice to hear you guys talk like normal human beings. (laughs) That's true, yeah. Good point. But no, it's uh, it's a lot of
2: fun to be here, so thank you.
0: Well, we're glad to have you. Tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find the story
2: cauldron. So thestorycauldron.com um, is our, our URL. You can find links to all of the episodes and, and also some uh, information about us. Uh, we do not have a Patreon yet, uh, but that's uh, when we come back from hiatus. We've got a couple of plans for things that are uh, in, the, in the works. But then also we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Just search for uh, Story Cauldron or The Story Cauldron and you'll be able to find us there awesome awesome yeah great that's it for today's show
1: everybody thanks for joining us don't forget to subscribe and leave us a comment on our blog or on our YouTube Um, and if you want to reach you know professor X levels
0: of influence dr. Ian Malcolm levels of dr. Ian Malcolm
1: levels of influence share your favorite the story geeks episode on social media with your geek friends or somebody who's maybe getting into geek stuff and you want to encourage them to dig deeper into some of the geek stuff that they've been that you've been listening to or watching point them our direction we'd love to have them listen in and join our community links to many of the things we've talked about today are in the show notes like daryl said please consider supporting us on patreon get access to our exclusive content Um, you can do so by clicking the link in the Uh, show notes here you can also just go to Patreon and basically any social media you search for The Story Geeks on we should show up Uh, we're on most social networks so you can search for us all there and as always question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth
2: bye